Welcome to Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrolec, where we chat about how we're transforming everyday lives with the help of technology. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrolec. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Big news hit the fast food industry earlier in March of this year. McDonald's officially acquired Dynamic Yield, which is a decision, logic, and personalization technology company that's going to integrate decision technology into their drive throughs And this was a bold step for the industry, trying to bring more personalization to the drive through experience. On today's episode of Beyond Technology, we're exploring this concept of reigniting the drive through promise and how personalization technology can be both an incredible benefit and, if not rolled out correctly, a burden. I'd like to welcome Thibaut Dinole, Director of Innovation and Marketing at Acrylic. Thibaut, welcome. Great to have you on. How are you doing? Hi, Daniel. I'm good. And you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Beyond Technology. It's going to be a great conversation. So just to start off, what are your thoughts on that McDonald's dynamic yield acquisition? Uh, I think it's a very smart move. Uh, people say data is the new oil, and uh, it's becoming true in the in the restaurant industry as well, like uh, any other business. Restaurant chains like McDonald's have fine-tuned their operating model and uh, improved it a lot over the year, and uh, they did it uh, targeting segments of population. What uh, technology enables today is to create a one-to-one relationship between the brand and its customer. Dynamic Yield, once integrated into McDonald's technology ecosystem, will become the most important loyalty driver since the creation of the Happy Meal. And for that, McDonald's needs partners that can feed as much data and as relevant data as possible to enable a truly one-to-one relationship and experience between the customer and the brand. And if we look at the history of the drive-through, it was really popularized by In-N-Out in the late 1940s, and it was made a core part of their business model. And then it became the staple for fast food. If you wanted to succeed in fast food and you wanted to, you know, put the numbers on the board that you you were expecting, hopefully, you know, to to reach that large number of customers, you needed that drive-through to make things efficient, to make things quick. Uh, but at its core, the drive-through was a little more personalized. It wasn't really thought of with the efficiency in mind. Uh, it really was kind of the the comfort in mind. It was getting people their food in their car, but still giving them a personalized experience. Um, how would you have defined the drive-through promise then in the '40s and you know early when drive-throughs were first becoming popular? And why does that drive-through promise matter? So the drive-through was uh, invented when the car industry and the suburbs were booming. But the signage on that uh, very first drive-through restaurant uh, said something along the line of uh, no delay. And uh, the, the chain is in and out. It's not like uh, in and let's have a very great conversation and out. And uh, there's a reason why five guys always refuse to open drive-through. They consider that it takes five or six minutes to prepare a good burger. And there is no market for people waiting in line so long. The drive-through promo is not about taking time to getting to know each other. It's uh, really a, a hole in the wall and a bag that is handed to you. So the promise for me is really, and I've always been, uh, speed of service. 
And uh, but what technology uh, enables today is to revolutionize uh, that, that experience. The promise for me will always remain the speed of service. But uh, the question is now, how can we build a one-to-one relationship in the drive-thru without compromising the speed of service? And do you feel like the drive-thru, at least at first, really valued that human touch point? No, like the, the first McDonald's that, uh, that, that opened was in Arizona and uh, they, they really opened a, a hole in the walls and they, they were just handing uh, bags uh, at customers. Interesting. So that, that's what was the perception, really, really about speed of service. Oh, that's interesting. Well, because I know that in and outs model um, was really to open up uh, kind of this, this glass pane to let people into the process. And I think... Um, at least their attempt at the drive-through felt a little more like that human touch point was an important part of the process, even if it was speed of service and ease of service as well. Uh, <laughs> my, my my opinion that is what re- really speed of service. And if you want to get a really personalized and uh, a one-to-one relationship, then you get yeah. to go into the store and sit at right. the table and uh, enjoy your meal for like forty-five minutes and. Have a conversation with the waiter. That that that's not what I, my my perception. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, it's 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 not really a right or wrong. I think it's more of just a a difference in approach. And I think clearly McDonald's approach became the standard, right? I mean, it, it's more the drive-through now is definitely a you know a, a speed of service. It's supposed to be efficient and it's supposed to get you. I mean, literally out the door as quick as possible because you never step foot in the restaurant in the first place. Um, so what would you say is the current state of the drive through now? If you had to look at the evolution and we look at drive throughs um, you know, approaching 2020, and uh, where do you think that drive through promise is missing its mark? So uh, first of all, uh, speed of service for me, uh, I believe it's still a challenge today. And uh, probably more than ever, uh, there is more and more competitions and ways to enjoy food. And a customer will not diminish their expectation in terms of speed of service. Everyone is fighting for seconds of at- attention. And when it turns into transaction, they should better meet the expectation. And people have tons of options. Drive-through is one of them, but uh, look at the delivery business. Uh, Uber Eats and DoorDash, they were f- founded only five, six years ago. And today, uh, the delivery business is a $100 billion market. So if a customer is not happy, he will not hesitate to go somewhere else. Now, the missing part today is personalization. Technology will make that happen. Brands are deploying large display to promote their products. They have state-of-the-art smartphone application in their customer pockets. With dynamic yield acquisition, McDonald's have a fantastic recommendation engine that will enable personalization. They just need to identify their customer as early as possible in the journey to automate that one-to-one interaction. Do you think customers are looking for their drive-through experience to be that personalized? Is that something that they're asking for or they even know they want? Or is this something that um, has been tested and it's some research that you find works but is is a surprising but welcomed thing to customers? So I always compare uh, in retail everything to uh, to Amazon. And uh, Amazon, they don't ask you to, to log in uh, when you're uh, doing the payments. They want you to get logged in to their website as early as possible because they can target the right uh, content for you. And for me, every retail 
have to be the same. They have to personalize the experience. And even if that's not something that is expressed by the customer. So if you go and ask, are you waiting for personalization? Maybe people don't, don't know exactly what would be personalization, but definitely the, the, the customer that will get personalized content mean they will get more relevant content uh, to make their decision and make the decision process much easier. They will, uh, in my opinion, uh, become more and more loyal to, to those brands. And so you mentioned this earlier, we mentioned it in the intro, but personalization technology like McDonald's is, I think, that attempt to bring, I don't know, bring drive throughs maybe back to their roots, but I guess more so push them into the future, right? Look beyond just the idea of um, ease of service and get into, like you said, that unexpected but welcomed personalization. Uh, so what exactly is being personalized at the drive through experience and how and why? So there are multiple ways to, to, to do personalization and uh, keep the speed of service promise. If I know that you always order a chicken sandwich, but uh, in my buffer stock, uh, it, it's empty. And uh, I know it will take five minutes to cook that particular patty. Maybe digital display should focus uh, that customer attention on, on a different chicken patty or nuggets eventually. Personalization could be a, a coupon that is tailor-made for you. Uh, and that coupon decided you to get your meal uh, at McDonald's. It could be a discount if the speed of service have been too far away from the standards. It could be credit card details saved on your account that help process your order more quickly. But the key is the customer identification. You can have the best system in the world if you don't get your customer logged in into your system. Nobody's going to use your amazing technology. Now, we've talked a little bit about kind of the login paradigm, how would the drive-through remember you and your order specifically without, you know, a barrier of having to log in your information every time you go through the drive-through? So the, the key for this success for me is how do you get people logged in every time and right. not make that uh, uh, process uh, v very complex. And uh, if you think about it, there is a risk if you're trying to engage too much with your customer. If you show too many information in the digi uh, digital displays, in the application, so you could get your customer confused and uh, without even increasing the average check. So if it's not well implemented, customer identification can slow things down and make the experience very confusing. Mm -hmm. Starbucks, Dunkin', McDonald's, today everybody identifies or a look coupon redemption at the payment window, but it's really too late. And uh, your coupon might not be valid or valid for another product. And you are launching the food preparation too late and slow down everyone else in the line, creating a bottleneck. So to avoid slowing down the drive-through and to offer the most personalized experience, you have to identify your customer as early as possible in the process. As I said, Amazon doesn't ask you to log in at the payment. They try to keep you connected all the time. That way they can show you more relevant content. And restaurants need to log in their customer as soon as they possibly can. Getting in a drive lane or at the ordering post. Multiple technologies have been tested to identify customers at the ordering post, like QR code scanning, for example, but being outdoor is a challenge. Uh, so QR code scanning, if you have direct sunlight uh, on the lens of the scanner, or if there's drop of water on the glass, uh, it might not work very well. And the distance uh, 
between the car and the scanner might be a, a challenge as well. Nobody wants to see a customer opening its door to get the smartphone close enough to the scanner. So in contrast, there are technologies like Bluetooth that provide the right level of accuracy, security, and usability, um, and also adoption by a customer. It allows for that process to be seamless and very fast to not impact speed of service. If you could break down a couple of those specifics, what might cause those slowdowns if this isn't implemented correctly? And how would you recommend the tech be rolled out to avoid those slowdown issues? So first one, uh, you get uh, digital money boards and um, you, you have to display all the prices and, and, and all the products. But now, it's, so it used to be very static content, but now that you bring in digital display, you kind of want to engage, you want animation, you want stuff to move on your screen, but it's not always uh, super friendly and uh, it's, it's not always reaching to the point which is to make something very clear for the customer very understandable. So the technology allows for the screen to, to, to move from one animation to another. And with the, with the kiosk technology that is deployed, you want your outdoor digital mini board to behave like a, a real application. But it's not always, uh, or, or always friendly to have a lot of animation on that screen. You want the customer to be focused on, a, on a, some products to get the order processed uh, as soon as possible. Uh, so that would be a first uh, step where you could sl- slow down the drive-through. Uh, if you try to connect the customer with his smartphone at the ordering post, it might be as well a, a, a slowdown. Like I mentioned QR code scanner, but it could be NFC. NFC would be the same thing. You would need to bring your smartphone very close to the, to the ordering post and the, uh, and the audio system where the technology reside. And uh, it could slow down like by 20, 30, 40 seconds. Uh, this identification proce- process could take 30 to 40 seconds to happen if you're not using the right technology at the ordering post. And then as you move along, uh, you're going to the payment window and the service window. And uh, so payments uh, uh, c- can be uh, as well accelerated if you have the right loyalty program. If like Uber or any modern service, you have recorded your uh, credit card details into your accounts and you process the payment in the cloud, it's much easier than to have to end the cash or even to have to... Uh, to, to give a card or eventually have a, a, a PIN code on, on your credit card detail. And li- like I mentioned, uh, uh, we talked about identifying the customer at the ordering post, but if you do it even later at the, at the payment window, that's w- what is currently done. Like when you think about Starbucks application, you would show your QR code mm-hmm. and they would scan it. Like a coupon, uh, it, it, that's where you, you, you redeem the coupon. So uh, at the payment window today. And it's really too late in the process because when you are adding item in the order, that's only when they are in the order that they are sent to the kitchen. So if at the payment uh, you add items in, in your order, that slows down the production as well. So there is a lot of uh, barriers. Like uh, if you think about it, uh, making the drive-through personalization is more challenges. Um, you have no proof that it will just out of the box, increase the average check. But you can see really that uh, if you do not choose the the right technology, you could slow down at every step the the, the customer journey. Okay, to pivot slightly here, 
Um, I know you've had some experience at McDonald's yourself. Um, what exactly did you do at McDonald's and what kind of work did you do that maybe was tangential to the work you're now doing at Acrylic? So I was not working for corporate at all. Uh, when I dropped out of university, I went. my first job was at McDonald's. So I was a, a crew member, then I was shift manager, then store manager, and I was five, five years for, for McDonald's. And the learnings that... Uh, I'm bringing in acrylic from my time at McDonald's are not really about uh, personalization. Right. So I was really working in restaurants, serving customers myself uh, with my team uh, every day. And uh, I can tell you a, a restaurant is going very, very fast. And your, your brand as a shift manager, uh, even as a crew, have um, very little time to think and uh, make all those critical business decisions, like especially the drive-through. If you messed up one order, like by two or three minutes, that's everybody else in the line that, that gets uh, uh, stuck uh, in the line. So personalization doesn't fall into the urgent category. So that's something that uh, should be left to technology, uh, definitely. And uh, the biggest pain point sometimes with the technology is the, is the technology itself. I had to handle a situation where the whole technology stack fell into uh, my restaurants. And uh, I can wow. guarantee that it's a very, very stressful situation for the staff. The impact on the customer experience is incredibly bad. So at Acrec, uh, we try to bring technology that doesn't require the staff to change their process too much uh, because it's difficult to change uh, people's habits. So we focus on technology that adapts to habit instead of expecting people to, ch to change that. And we also focus on providing reliable technology. We don't want uh, the restaurant team to have to deal with difficult situations, and we don't want to impact negatively the, the customer journey. So I do not pretend that, that we are per perfect, but we definitely put uh, all our heart to make the, the most reliable technology. Yeah, and I mean, that kind of on-the-floor McDonald's experience is probably very useful now, um, at least in what you said, in how technology affects the user experience and why it's so important to make that as frictionless as possible, not only for the customer, but for the employees as well. I'm sure that translates over to the work you're doing now with the personalization team because that technology also needs to be frictionless, like you said, um, with the way that it connects with the customer um, hopefully using Bluetooth um, and, you know, not having any sort of barrier to entry with an app and doing it as early as possible. Plus, you want this application to be useful for the staff as well. You don't want this extra technology to just be something flashy and extra and new for the consumer that ends up just making life more difficult for the staff or, um, or you know, creates... Um, friction in their ability to serve or in their ability to, you know, read through the information that's inputted. It's obviously got to be as simple as possible for both parties. Um, and I'm sure some of what you experienced while working at McDonald's, um, it's probably transitioning to the work you're doing now. Yeah, definitely. And there's, um, because we are not the only company that is uh, pushing technology and McDonald's is an innovative company itself. And we are not all only working for McDonald's, but when you look at the, 
the, the quick service restaurant industry. And when you look at other industry in retail, like the quick service restaurant industry is really innovative in itself. So you always have that new technology that arrive in the store. And as a staff, you have like always new stuff like to catch up. And you always have like pilot phase where things can, can go wrong and you have to be able to manage the situation. Uh, so it's not, it's not always easy. It's not always easy as well for the operator because that slightly changed the type of profile that you want into your restaurant. So you definitely are looking to some people that are more tech savvy and handle uh, complex situation uh, eventually, but really we, we, we have to focus on something that has no impact uh, on people because everything can fail at some point. So uh, no, no technology provider can say, I guarantee 100% my technology is never, ever, ever going to fail. So you, you have to make sure that uh, you're focused on not disturbing the service uh, too much. All right, now pivoting back to the effects of this technology, what are some tangible ways that you can see a business finding some ROI with personalization technology? So the first thing that uh, comes to people's mind when talking about the personalization is the uh, loyalty programs, it's coupons. Mm-hmm. You can personalize when you know your, uh, your, your customer and to know it, you, you need to, to have a, a data and the, a loyalty program uh, or coupons is the foundation in the, in the restaurant industry for, for that personalization. And uh, I know some owner-operator are reluctant to give away uh, free stuff with coupons, but uh, the value aspect of the meal is a critical element for, uh, for a lot uh, of customers. And uh, if you can target the right customer with the right product, you can definitely increase uh, the average check. So higher average check is one response, but with loyalty program, you will try to get your customer to come back more often, so increase number of transactions is also a goal when you're, you're doing personalization, not just trying to increase the average check. Right, exactly. Because those effects are domino effects. They really do ripple. You know, you, you have that one change that then impacts, uh, like you said, other bottom lines for that company. Mm, yes. And I think I mentioned the, the Happy Meal before as a, a major... Uh, loyalty vector for McDonald's. You know, before I was 18, I, I, I went to McDonald's only once in my life. And, uh, and I, I still remember that. Uh, and uh, I think the Happy Meal played a, a huge role in that. And now uh, I believe the, the technology and personalization and the, that one-to-one relationship that you're trying to build with your customer is, uh, is a game changer for, for, for the industry. And, you know, at the end, personalization, what is it? It's just trying to, to promote you the, the product that you are most likely to, to, uh, to enjoy. So it's, there is no, uh, it's not uh, 1984. It's not like spying on you. It's just trying to, <laughs> right. to, to, to give you like relevant uh, information, relevant coupons, relevant offers, and try to show you what product you are most likely to, to, to enjoy. So I see only pros. Uh, with uh, uh, following such a path. Yeah, and to that point, people can be, I think, very personally contradictory with how they uh, think of their personal information because I think the average consumer 
is naturally going to be pretty apprehensive to sharing personal information and they, you know, don't want oversight from a bunch of companies reading their emails or reading their shopping habits. To them, that seems intrusive. And yet at the same time, I think consumers are always blown away by some of these personalized experiences. And often that personalization is very handy. Um, so I think there's a fine balance, right? You want to use that data responsibly. You want to be able to give them an experience that they walk away saying, wow, that was very unique or, or honestly walking away from it with no thoughts at all, because then it's okay. Yeah, that was a frictionless experience. They don't have a, any negative, um, to come away with this because it was that perfectly integrated experience. Um, but also, you know, making sure that they feel comfortable with the data that the company is using, etc. It, it's just riding that fine line can be kind of difficult with the customer because, like I said, they can kind of want both. You know, they want the personalization, but they also don't want to share their personal information. So it can be it can be kind of tough to to find that balance or at least to sell it to the consumer in the right way. So I, I think that there are two layers. So the first layer, I would say, would be uh, data security. So yeah. it's not about just the company you're giving your data that uh, like someone else is trying, trying to steal the data. So you have to trust that the person you're giving some data will uh, keep it safely. I think that's the first layer. And the second layer is really there is no point... Uh, Taking all data available, if you if you don't really know, like just thinking, okay, I will do something with that. Uh, maybe five years from now, that might be true. But for me, what you have to, it's it's not the way to go. It's not because you can have data. Maybe you can build a service. For me, it's it's uh, it's really you you think about a new service, you think about a new product, a new way to engage with your with your customer, and then you look at what technology is available for that. And then you build uh, that, that experience. But it's not uh, just the data driving uh, your decision on what product you're, you're going to build. It's not because you have, a, I, know, a, I don't know, maybe a location data uh, on, on your uh, customers to know every time where they are and things like that. It's not, it, it, maybe there's a use case for that. Maybe you can uh, use that data for the, for the good of the customer. But it's not because you can have a lot of data that you should take everything you can. It should really be build a great product or great service that people want to use, and then they will allow you to use uh, some of some of the some of the data. All right. So to wrap things up, taking everything we've just talked about from the benefits of the personalization to the rollout of the technology to you know how to reach the customer effectively and quickly during that drive-through process. Um, all the way to the data security conversation we just had. Taking all that and packing it together, do you foresee this technology becoming a drive-through standard? Do you think that it's capable of breaking through all the different barriers that it's going to take to to implement it on kind of a a nationalized level, even for one whole chain? I mean, I guess we're already seeing McDonald's do that to a degree, but yeah, just what are are your thoughts? Do you think this is going to become a drive-through standard anytime soon? And if so, how far out do you think we are from that? So I see it as a puzzle, like all the technology pieces, I believe they exist today separately, like the digital display, the mobile application, the recommendation engine that exists, loyalty program that exists, customer identification that exists. 
but uh, now it's how do you uh, like make the whole puzzle with all the different pieces. So it's most likely that one player will be the first to assemble the puzzle. I expect that player to be a McDonald uh, because of the dynamic yield acquisition. So you, when you do such a, an acquisition and you are so ambitious with your drive-through strategy, then uh, you have a focus, you have your team working on that, on making that experience great. And at the end, uh, I'm confident that they were, the, the team at McDonald's will deliver uh, something very, very great. I was impressed by what Starbucks was doing um, uh, three, four years ago with their new uh, drive-through experience. But now I believe that McDonald's uh, uh, is a bit more advanced than uh, Starbucks um, today. So maybe in 2020, we will start to see the, the, the first totally integrated and scalable experience uh, at the drive-thru. I still believe it's not completely uh, uh, finished to have a, like a totally uh, a robust and a, a deployable uh, product with all the pieces of the puzzle that need to, put, need to be put together. But uh, yeah, I'm confident to 2020, this should be uh, the puzzle should be finished, and there will be a rollout uh, uh, after that. And, uh, and then I believe then after that, everybody else will follow. The, the most interesting time is definitely uh, uh, ahead of us for for the drive through. Well, it's definitely exciting to hear. And yeah, you're right. I mean, there is going to be that hardware barrier um, because people are going to have to update the signage to be digital. Um, to be maybe interactive, to have touchscreen. Um, but it, you're also going to have that software rollout. You're also going to have training for staff. Yeah, there are a lot of different barriers um, before this becomes super standardized. But it's exciting that you think that by 2020, this should be at least rolled out for one whole chain. Uh, definitely something we'll be looking forward to and we're probably going to have to speak on once 2020 does roll around and we see some some movement on this. We'll have to get you back on to talk here on Beyond Technology. So thank you again, Thibaut, for coming on the podcast and giving us your thoughts. It was a pleasure getting to chat today. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of Beyond Technology, the experience podcast by Acrylec. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, you can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can find our podcast on there. You can also find our podcast on marketscale.com slash industries, and it will soon be up on Acrylec's main page. But till then, make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.